Welcome aboard the Ark. You're listening to The 100 Podcast, a show about CW sci-fi series, The 100. I'm Dan, your mountain man, and today I'm joined by my favorite grounder, Olga. Hey everybody, today we'll be discussing Season 3, Episode 8, entitled Terms and Conditions. Ooh, spoilers for this episode and all those previously. All right, so... I thought, I thought you were going, ooh, spooky, Terms and Conditions, <laughs> Those. <laughs> um, so we're a few days late. I apologize about that. Uh, Olga got sick, so we had Sorry. to push back. I live in a cesspool, metaphorically speaking, <laughs> in terms of just being surrounded by gross college students mm-hmm, mm-hmm. from all sides. Very fun. So, okay, so, but thankfully, there's not, like, another episode this week. We have a couple weeks off, so we're not, like, rushing up right up into the next episode or anything. Uh, But the first thing we start off with is the good news, which is season four is confirmed. So, yay there. There'll be more of us. There'll be more of it. Good stuff. Yay. Yeah. And I think, I mean, we've talked a little bit about, me and you have talked about how if season four was it, that could honestly probably be fine as long as they knew that it was it like mm-hmm. I, I want a season five and i don't want more than a season five because i just think that's too many for the show but if it was just season four i think that would be fine for me a lot of shows i think should wrap up around season five maybe season six yeah uh if the story dictates it yeah but there are so many shows that are just renewed because of ratings or whatever and i'm like just end it it's done it's played out and i feel like the hundred it's not that it'll be played out but i'd rather they choose arc cohesion no pun intended than like just dragging it it going yeah i mean i honestly i I don't even have really any ideas about what season four will be which which excites me in a way but at the same time it's like yeah if i can't even really think about what season four could be then what's season five gonna be like and i'm sure they have more explanations than i do but I mean, we could. We have no idea, so we could yeah. completely change my, change our minds once it's the end of season three, and we'll be like, "How can they wrap this up in just one season? Oh my god!" <laughs> like, I'm actually predicting us saying that. Yeah, yeah, I could definitely see that. So, I mean, the other reason why the season four thing is, is particularly good that we got this renewal now, and I should say that they CW basically just renewed everything on its slate all at once, which. Was a surprising move to say the least, mm-hmm. but I'm thankful as a big CW fan. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, it was it was especially heartening because the ratings were so low this week, and I definitely think all Alexa controversy stuff did have an effect. Uh, it could be other factors too, and we'll see what happens when the, when we come back the next episode. But mm-hmm. um, I was scared seeing those ratings, so it was happy a happy news a little bit later that day when I found out it was renewed. Um, but let's talk a little bit about the... I just want to sort of get this whole controversy with the showrunner, Jason, out of the way a little bit. And just... We've talked about about this a lot in the other podcasts and about how much was he queer baiting with the whole Lexus storyline and how much were they, like, promoting this and saying this is going to be different just to get viewers. And people feel pretty betrayed by that. And, you know, there's there was a whole thing about LGBT fans deserve better... Uh, and a lot of people feel like they deserve an apology. And I am a few days behind in this. I, I mean, I made this outline and everything a couple days ago when I didn't know that Olga was going to be sick. So I don't know what's been happening, whether he has apologized or anything. I'm kind of doubting it because 
it just seems like he just is trying to wait it out. And I don't know if that's him doing that or if he's being told to do that by higher ups at this point. Mm-hmm. But I mean, do you have anything you want to say about this? I, I feel like I need to sort of decompress on it a little bit. But yeah, I I definitely feel like um, as someone who, you know, despite having a lot of friends and classmates and being on a campus that has a very um, like vocal and widespread like, LGBTQA activist hmm. side to it. I wasn't really familiar with this idea of queer baiting yeah. before. Um, and from what I've read into it, from what I've kind of seen, it really does look like they're at least somewhat guilty yeah. of of making if not false promises, then giving this false hope for the sake of ratings of potentially inspire, like showing themselves as being better. And I do think, I still do think that the hundred and its showrunners and its writers are a better example of, are better at exemplifying representation than a lot of what we see. Yeah. But it felt a little dirty, like their tactics of, of them feeling like they're using that, like, kind of being not just like yeah we're doing this because it's right but also being like we can use this because of the marketing aspect Mm. i'm not saying that that is something that jason was guilty of again it could have come from the higher ups i don't know but the fact that it was approved the fact that it was done in this way it it really it really puts a bit of a blemish onto all the good that they have done. Yeah, and that's that's the thing is. So I, I feel like this con- this whole thing is confusing enough, and that I've missed enough of what actually happened, and that some of it involves spoilers I don't want to know about. So it's confusing enough and messy enough that I don't I don't want to defend him anymore. I'm not going to do that. I will just look at what the show has done, and the show itself, I think, as its own thing, has been pretty positive. He he might have had some issues, and uh, you know if he has, I think he should probably be more frank about it and apologize and talk about people and learn from his mistakes. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not gonna like defend what he might have done because I don't even really understand everything that went down. No, me neither. But I think that you know now I feel like I've understood it a little bit more than I have in the past, and I have defended him in the past. And it's like there are issues here. Uh, I, I definitely get where some people are coming from, but I, I just don't want. You know, the baby thrown out with the bathwater. I, I think that there's been a lot of good here. And I, I think, including within Lexa. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I, at the end of the day, I don't think it was solely queer, queer baiting because I think, especially even if they even if they were just doing all this for the business aspect, then they would have kept her around for the exactly. business aspect. Yeah. Because That's it was good clearly point. good for the ratings to have her there. So, you know, I, I think it's a complicated thing. I think he probably made some mistakes, but. There's so much else in the show, and I think we should talk about this, but I, I think for now we, we can move on until there's more information or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, um, additionally, you know, definitely, I'm, I'm glad at least the conversation is happening about the fans. I don't know what the hashtag was, what was going on on Twitter, what was it like? Deserve L- was it LGBT fans deserve better? I or? believe so. That was, I believe that was it. Okay. Well, that is definitely, definitely true. Mm. Um, I hope this does spark a conversation about how to go beyond tropes and to question if what you are writing is tropic 
yeah um for media for representation and you know if we have to sacrifice you know break a few eggs to do it then that needs to be done and the other thing is that uh, no matter what it's super positive that that this hashtag created a, a bunch of people gathering together all these fans um donating to a charity to support this stuff i believe it was trevor project Oh, that's great. Um, and there was a lot of, a lot. they actually raised, like, some significant money. So, you know, whether I agree or whatever with all this stuff, I, I think that no matter what, that's a positive and that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. All right. Shall we get into this episode more directly? Let's do it. So no polis, which we assumed, mm-hmm. um, but no Abby, I think, is the bigger surprise of this uh, episode as far as excluding characters. How did you feel about that? I was very distracted by it, first yeah. of all. Um, especially, like, when you have a Kane-heavy episode like this, after everything they've done to link Kane and Abby, yeah, it's very strange that she's just like, what is she doing? He's not going... Like, there's just... She's yeah. gone. No one is going to... Her of, like, what's your boyfriend's plan? I know yeah. he's not actually her boyfriend, <laughs> but, like, basically. Yeah. Um, well, especially because it's... All, I was just going to say, especially because it's not just that it's a Kane-heavy episode, it's a high-stakes thing, where it's like, he might die and she's not even around. Exactly. <laughs> and she's the former chancellor. It's just... Yeah. He was never... I mean, he was, like, kind of the chancellor when they thought that Kane was going to be... Kane. When Jaha was in surgery and going to die... Yeah. ...back on the Ark, but, like... Well, he was also he was also the chancellor on the ground for, like, a couple days, right? Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, other than that, he actually hasn't been the official elected chancellor, seemingly. Yeah. So, what? Yes, he's presumed as the leader of the rebellion, but no one is going to Abby about, like, what's Mm -hmm. your business in this? Yeah. It's Here's the thing. I I think that if if they couldn't have her because of contracts or whatever, they just couldn't afford everybody this episode— that's, like, not the end of the world, but there should have been a line about it. And the thing is, like, I, I'm, in some ways, I'm glad we didn't have her because I think we got a lot more small scenes with mo- the minor characters and built them up more. Mm-hmm. And that was really great because it did, this was an episode, like, even though I was definitely missing Clark and I was missing Polis and Lexa and everything like that, it is an episode that, that proves that this show is more than just the characters that were built up from the beginning, that, that they can make someone like Miller, who was honestly just the body there in season one saying a few lines here and there mm-hmm. in, into someone I care about and they can do that pretty easily and so like this is more and this can be more like Game of Thrones or something where characters weave in and out and it's about the world and about mm-hmm. politics um I still love Clark and I you know I wouldn't want them to Ned Stark her but um <laughs> that's a verb now Ned Starking <laughs> Um, but yeah, it was it in that way. I thought this episode was impressive. I think we both agree that the first half is sort of slow and and mired in some problems that existed in earlier episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but by the end, it has a pretty nice finish. Yeah, we definitely, I definitely agree with you there. Uh, and and we've agreed in the past uh, when we've been just casually talking about it about how grateful I am to see these arguably background characters yeah. get time. And it to give us Abby for really no reason in 
just and to not have that, I I wouldn't have traded it. But yeah, just a single line, just a single sentence. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes that just fleshes things out. And may, maybe I suspect something could have been cut for time. Yeah, like it's not that that was uh, never written. It's just that they were like, oh well, we only have this much time and this us having time with like Miller and Harper. Yeah, yeah. it's better. So. All right, shall we get into the chronological discussion points? Why, yes, Dan, we <laughs> shall. All right, so we start off the episode. The blockade we heard about last week is up. Uh, four Arcadians have been killed. They were out on patrol, and now they are gone. Um, and so we get these two messenger riders show up, very reminiscent of the whole Finn incident. Um, and they Finn incident. <laughs> yes. Finn incident. <laughs> I just came up with that. Uh, very very good (laughs) and they want pike in return for the massacre um and so this is a weird point where it's like who is pulling the strings now because this is clearly after lex is gone because the whole blockade wasn't supposed to happen until after clark and octavia were gone Mm -hmm. so who's now in charge of all this and, and 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 is it is are they are they pulling off like a weird version of what we thought lexa was doing or is this actually a change because the whole patrol thing, they weren't supposed to kill them until everybody knew that the blockade was up, I assume. Yeah, but then you brought up when we were talking about, you did bring up the good point of them kind of mentioning how the troops, the Arcadians, engaged. Yeah, yeah. So if they fired first yeah. and they were like, we don't want to talk to you, we don't care what you have to say, your grounders were against you, we're fighting you. Yeah. Uh then they wouldn't care about the blockade. We're like, no, let's take out this troop. So yeah. I'm not saying it's their fault they got themselves killed. Yeah, but sort of. But sort of. <laughs> and also, I'm just a little confused also on the... Not not so much the timing, because yeah. yes, this is definitely the next day. But it's, it's just odd. Yeah. I, I, I just can't really figure out yeah. who I should what's going on in the background yeah. so to speak and i feel like that's somewhat intentional but it also is just a little bit messy because it's also like so lexa said like we're gonna let them give up their leaders right mm-hmm. which you could sort of interpret what now what they're saying with pike as the same thing except that it it's weird because it still kind of just seems like the same thing that happened with finn which was being labeled blood must have blood so is this, is it blood must have blood or is it blood must not have blood? Uh, yeah, I, I actually spent a long time thinking about that yeah. because Finn was definitely blood must have blood. Yeah. They said that and they were yeah. like, all right, if we're not going to wipe out all of you, we need to take one of you. And the, Alexa made a big deal about how this was not that this was blood must not have blood. She's breaking the tradition. Yeah. But she has to break it as reasonably as possible with this blockade. Yeah. But they're still doing this trade. So I'm thinking, is this a new thing now that she's gone? Or is this also part of her agreement and her terms? Yeah. And that's Uh, the thing is, like, hopefully this will be explained next episode once we actually see what's happening in Polis. But it is, right now, it's weird. Oh, yeah. And I feel like the whole, the theme, while the theme of Blood Must Have Blood has Mm. been pervasive in the show. Yeah. It hasn't always been consistent. Yeah, definitely not. Yeah. Even um, before what? This. Even before this. Yeah, yeah. 
So, you know, the messengers basically just say, choose the side that's best for your people. Bellamy kills them both and says, I do that every day, which, of course, comes back later at the end of the episode. Um, You know, very kind of guttural thing uh, that happens with Bellamy here and kind of just reminds you where he is now Mm -hmm. um, and is, like, consistent with where he is, but it's still that thing of is where he does is where he does even make sense in the first place. Uh, how you feel about this? I I don't I still have a difficult time reconciling how this is who he is. Yeah. Uh, that said, I need to. It's kind of like that's my issue mm. because the show has been since they've revealed this side of him since they've made this part of who he is, they've kept up with it. Yeah. And and I think the his scene with Clark a few episodes back exemplifies that the best like if anyone would have changed his mind at that time yeah it would have been clark and and she failed this kind of this so, really sorry go no no i was just i was just gonna say so if that didn't turn me into believing mm. into believing him then then from now on like at this point yeah the fact that i don't really believe this it's not because of the writing well, I mean, it is kind of because, I mean, it's it's just that I, they think they they went to a line that was such a degree and so quickly that you know it, what it is is it's not a it's not a problem of the current writing. Yes, the current writing. I meant the current writing. It's a problem of the writing of when this whole thing started and how there wasn't an episode at least in between. Yeah. Dark evil Bellamy as opposed yeah. to dark broody yeah. Bellamy, um, it, and accidental murdery Bellamy. It reminds me of something from Game of Thrones that's a pretty big spoilery thing. So if people want to skip ahead like a minute and a half, I'm just going to talk about what 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 season it must have been season f- we just blocked season four it must have been season no I think it was season four. So this reminds me of when Jamie has sex with Cersei and it's like kind of rape. But, like, the writers don't think of it as rape. Yeah. And so he's still, like, a positive character in the show. But I'm like, I think he raped her. But, like, the show is treating him as a positive character. So I kind of just have to let that go because that's where he is. And you're supposed to not think that it's rape even though you don't agree with it. Like, and so it just, I don't know, it just reminded me of that. Yeah, no, that's a very... (laughs) good comparison not a good comparison it's a bad thing that you're bad things you're comparing yeah but it's an accurate comparison yeah oh god i hated that scene that made me so mad okay well it just yeah (laughs) so the spoiler part i'm gonna say is over i'm just gonna say that this show is reminding me more and more of game of thrones in that like they're doing big things that are very potentially problematic or controversial that are upsetting and miss and like actually i would say probably missteps but the show is still good and the characters are still mostly very well written and the acting is great and this so it's like and the world is still awesome so it's like i keep watching but there are now these marks on it that are upsetting you know yeah i mean that's what (sighs) yeah definitely where people it seems like people it just shows you can't really at this point in time, unfortunately, we really can't hold our TV to be consistent because it is written by people and people make mistakes yeah. and people don't understand that some of the things that they're doing or saying yeah. have consequences and are controversial. Yeah. 
or not just controversial, but are problematic. That's a better way of putting it. And can hurt people and influence people's lives and not just be understood the way the writers intend them. They also have to be portrayed and, and not just shown, but like performed correctly. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. To the intention. To the intention. Yeah. Yeah. Whether it be the intention of the writing or the intention within the head of the writer, director, producer, whatever. Um, well, so, in, the, in yeah. the case of both the Bellamy thing and the Alexa thing, I feel like they went in and they knew these were going to be big, controversial things that people were going to have troubles with. But I don't think they realized the magnitude to which people would have issues with this. I think they thought it would be an issue just like any other issue people have had issues with. Like, just like maybe how people might have issues with Clark at the end of season two, you know, like... Mm-hmm. I, I don't think they realized they were cl- crossing lines, uh, just which I can to some degree understand, given how crazy things are on the show all the time. It's like people weren't. I, I don't feel like people are talking about oh Clark crossed the line with that missile last year, mm-hmm. you know. And so if they can do that, then then the line of what's too far is confusing. I, I'll give them that. Yeah. Well, I let me put it this way. I think that what they thought that the fans would have issue with. Yeah. Yes. A lot of fans do have issues with that. Yeah. But there are more... It goes beyond just the, oh, you killed her. Yeah, yeah. I think that's where a lot of the truly, truly, truly justified rage comes from. And I don't think that's what was anticipated. Yeah, I agree. All right, shall we talk about Pike's plans? Yes. (laughs) All right, so... He is, you know, in his little war room with his council, and he's talking about how they're very low on food now. They don't have much water or resources. They have about two weeks' worth of rations because now they can't go and hunt. They can't, you know, we find out later that the water has been poisoned and some of the lakes and stuff nearby. And so they're kind of screwed. Um, and this is, is, is interesting in the way that, like, it makes it almost feel like the arc again. I, I like that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. The, the negative side, and it does also, it's like, well, no matter where people were before, whether they agreed with what Pike did before, it's like, well, now we're kind of screwed. We have to kind of go along with Pike in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in that way, it, it, I think it helps and it raises the stakes. On the other hand, it's like, it's still kind of a bummer that I feel like the food resource issue wasn't talked about more earlier. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, they kind of shoehorned it in. Yeah. Of just letting us assume that what they were getting from Mount Weather after the explosion. Yeah. I mean, not after the explosion, after the mass murder. Yeah. Was not just, like, medical supplies and clothes and, like, a piano and what all and stuff to make liquor with. Like, it yeah. wasn't just that. It was also food, water, true, true day-to-day necessities. Yeah. yeah. So, if they'd even made that clear, because I was very confused, like, wait... How how did you ha- not have any food? Yeah. And I'm still, I it's hard to, it's again one of those things where like, all right, this is just a part of the world and we kind of have to yeah. forgive it yeah. and let it go. For sure. So Pike is basically saying like, before we go and try to deal with these grounders, we have to get our house in order because we can't let, you know, more things happen like what got Monroe killed happening again where people they know our attacks before we do them. We have to start doing uh, camp-wide surveillance, and you know, again, so they're all—they're basically blaming Kane and everybody working with him for Monroe dying, which you know is somewhat understandable for some people. But this is—I want to talk about Monty here because so Monty is agreeing to do this surveillance, and 
I, in some ways, I'm glad that they're giving him more to do this season. But I think we both agree that pretty much from the inception of the show, Monty has been pretty poorly treated. Of all the people, like people always talk about like, oh, Raven was mistreated for this way or that way, or whatever. And I don't really agree because I, I feel like he has been consistently written as a full person. Mm-hmm. Monty is the main character where I'm like, he has been just really pushed in the background. We don't really know who he is. Like, we, I don't, I, even though we have these scenes with him talking with Jasper about everything that happened and with uh, him being the one that radiated level five, it's like, I still don't really know how Monty feels about that. And I don't know whether he is the kind of person who'll kill a bunch of people in order to, you know, save his people. You know, is he just going along with people? Is he easily pushed around? You know, he just he has these like little puppy dog looks here and there. And I'm like, I want to know more about him and how he switched over. Like, I think it's worse than Bellamy, because at least Bellamy, I feel like we've got more of why he is almost unhinged at this point. Like we, he's been through so much that it makes some sense. Monty, go ahead. I'm, I'm ranting. Monty, Monty feels like I, I am in such big agreement. I've yeah. wanted more Monty. He's had so much potential as a character since yeah. the very first season. And I feel like they do this thing where they like start to build him up and then they go, like they recede on that and yeah. then they build him up a little and then they go back on that. Yeah. And again, over and over and over again, now that we're in the third season and I feel like, they are it's almost like we have to fill in the blanks yeah for his who his character is and who he is as a person yeah and i'm like i just don't have enough material with which to believably yeah under like make judgments on his motivations to the point where i'm like oh yeah i think this is what they're going for i'm like well it seems like it's this but Mm. this you know something else contradicts it or supports a different point and it's just so unfortunate that we're in this season and they still have him as like a bragging point character Mm. but there's really not that much to brag about he's like it's in a way where he's it almost feels like he's really not that consequential yeah well he deserves to be well what it is is he's consequential as far as what he does it's just that what his like his actual inner headspace like he's not a he like his it's kind of like sinclair actually i was just thinking yeah. that oh <laughs> like gosh. it's like they do important things but who are they like mm-hmm. I, I don't know who they are what are their dreams what are their vulnerabilities what are their worries like and it's it's funny because like they are giving us little pieces that we like little breadcrumbs that we can bring together for Monty. But it's funny because I almost feel like I know as much about Brian as I know about Monty. Where it's like they have that one little scene with Brian. We know he was part of the farm station, so we know like where why his loyalties lie with Pike. And then we have that one scene where he like is feeling conflicted. And I'm like that is as much as I know about Monty. Like you know like and I've had Monty since season one. Yeah. It's so it's <sighs> I mean, come on. We've ha- we have a scene later with Jasper talking about his friendship with Monty. Yeah. And that's the most we've learned about Monty. Yeah. Like in his background of who he is. Yeah. For a long time. Yeah. If not ever. And it's not even coming from Monty. It's coming from Jasper. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I mean, I, I, it is a funny episode. In some ways, it's a funny episode for us to be talking about this because this is 
as far as Monty episodes go, one of the better Monty episodes. Like, he has more than usual. And but so, do but, we know how he actually feels about anything, really? I mean, here's the thing. I feel like I kind of do in this episode, but it, it just, to me, my, my issue is that it feels like it's too little too late. Yeah. It's like, I, I kind of get where he is now. I get, I saw his struggling when he has the scene with his mom, which we'll get to. You see him with Bellamy, and I, I get, I feel like I get what's going on now. I just don't get what got him to where he was a couple episodes ago. And I just don't feel like I'm ever going to really understand that. See, I, I, I agree with you. And I think that is like with Bellamy going to tarnish how I see what's going on now. Yeah. Because I'm like, how, how did we get here? Yeah. Where did this come from? But beyond that, I just, maybe I'm just misremembering or that's the fact that we're just at point C from point A and where was B? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, for Monty, I don't know. It's just so he's so capable. Look, yeah. I'm not even talking about the character. I feel bad for the actor. Yeah, yeah. Like his his fellows from fellow hundred <laughs> from season one are have so much. Yeah. And I hope he feels fulfilled on this show. I hope he feels fulfilled on this season too. Yeah. Where he's not just being used. Yeah. Can Can I say another thing and I don't know if this is a justified thing to say, yeah. but a lot of Mo- what Monty does, like with the computer stuff and like yeah. the technology and everything, I feel like this veers into stereotyping. Oh yeah, it's it's unfortunate, of especially like I'm pretty sure he's the only East Asian or actor of East Asian descent, at, at is what I mean, on the show, and to have him be a genius with computers. And he has a math encryption on his computers, like, okay. Yeah. Uh, the thing is, he's also, you know, very capable with, they do show him, like, not just working at a computer, he's on the guard, he's everything. Yeah. But if, if a lot of his characters, he can be relied upon to be good with technology and computers and math. Yeah. Then we're not really, the show's not really adding to the discussion. Yeah. Like, yeah, you have a lot of representation if you're not doing anything creative with it if you're not expanding on his character his personality yeah. and background very much in three seasons but you keep bringing up this side of him yeah. then he's he is like Sinclair yeah well the thing is it reminds me of I remember we talked in season two there's a particularly upsetting uh, sequence in which the the kids are gonna break into Dante's office and the black guy is a thief the Asian is good with computers. The white guy is in charge, and the girl watches the door. Yeah, and it's like, but I mean, I don't want to like totally be reductive because I think, okay, like with Monty, I think we should be calling this out, and you're totally right. But that overall, with a lot of other characters, they're doing a very good job, and it's it it is a it's interesting fine line where like because you were saying you hope he's fulfilled on the show. And I know a lot of people have been talking about Ricky Whittle plays Lincoln and like, is he not getting enough? And it's like, he's, he, he does maybe deserves more and I can agree with that, but I don't think that he, I don't think Lincoln is bad representation because I think he's a full person, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like, I would like to see him more and I think they could have him on more and all that stuff. But at least unlike Monty, I feel like as an actor, I'd be fulfilled by this character, you know? Mm -hmm. And so... I mean, I, I think you're definitely right. I think from the very beginning, he's been a little a little too stereotypical. Um, but 
I don't know. At least I feel like Hannah. Feel like, Hannah's not at least. No, no, definitely okay. not. And it's easy to forget Hannah because yeah. she's a very different character. She doesn't have too much screen time, and she's new. Yeah. She's had more recently, obviously. Yeah. But but going back to season one. Yeah. Normally, I criticize season one as yes, it was engaging, but it had like the most cheese. Yeah. Of the entire show run of the show. Um, but like when I first saw Monty and Monty and Jasper's relationship, I was like, this is new. This is different. Hmm. At least to some degree. Yeah. And now I'm not, I don't feel that way anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in a way I do because of the whole, like saving your friend from his own self-destructive nature, but that's Jasper. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I really, that's the thing, is, like, when Jasper talks to Monty and is like, you know, you don't even seem like you're upset, and Monty says, like, just because I'm not drinking myself to oblivion doesn't mean I'm upset, I'm like, I don't know that I even believe you. Like, I'm honestly a little bit more on Jasper's side, where I'm like, okay, you don't have to drink yourself into oblivion, but you seem pretty okay. Like, like, what are you? Then what are you? What do you feel? (laughs) Like, what is going on in your head you should be influenced about the, by this what it did to clark and bellamy yeah just it basically destroyed them as people yeah you who let that turn like let them go through with it you who listened to them to yeah fulfill the gen the murder mass murder mm-hmm. of the people in mount weather what is going on in your head? What what do you feel? I mean, because that's the thing is, when this season starts, you should think of it as Monty is in some ways one of the most interesting people because he's basically like the guy who invented the atom bomb. You know, like, how yeah. does that character feel? And what does that character do? And it's like, it's not really given the consequence that it deserves. But oh, I feel like we're ranting on this. I feel like we should move on. We'll get back to what we'll, he'll show up in other scenes and stuff. Obviously, yeah, he yeah. should. But I just want to establish this. I, I have a lot of feelings about Monty and how weird it is that I consider him one of my favorite characters without actually knowing anything about him. Yeah, yeah. I get it. I get it. Mm-hmm. So uh, we move over to Kane, who has been listening in to Pike. Um, Harper wants to shocklash Pike's fascist ass and hand him to the grounders. Great line for her. And it's nice to have her on the Kane side. Uh, we weren't so sure that that was going to be her fate, given how she sort of stood down when Bellamy wanted to go out and attack the grounders in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I have to say, even though I can't say I truly approve of what uh, Harper is saying, yeah. in terms of like, let's just shocklash him. Like, oh, that's yeah. a bit... <laughs> much that's like torture um or like capital punishment of some kind but um the fact that she and the writers have put in a, the line fascist yeah. directly yeah. into this show and that that to me has a lot this word has a lot of weight yeah um in my household which is of like soviet russian jewish descent this is like the dirtiest word you can call someone yeah like that person's a fascist yeah um so having this be a like a thought that they want the viewers to have to have us compare pike to the fascist dictators and politicians that we are familiar with yeah is something that if not you don't have to agree with it yeah 
but it's just the convert it starts the conversation internal conversation in your head of like what is acceptable in these circumstances where do you cross a line where do i stand where would i stand yeah. what is acceptable well and- i think that they've been very uh specific about their terminology in this arc as far as interning these grounders and walking your neighbors and mm-hmm. like it's yeah they're very clearly building a parallel here and um Pike for me is is a big plus of this episode. It's the first time where I really loved watching him. I I think that he is been he got a lot of layers in this episode, and I he's a you know a definite villain, but mm-hmm. a really a really good one at this point. I would say Pike really does feel fleshed out. Yeah, and with how things were going before, I wasn't one hundred percent sure that we would get that. Yeah, but I'm very happy that we have. I mean, at this point, I think I like him maybe even more than Keg, so that's that's good because I like Keg quite a bit. Oh yeah. yeah. Um. So you know, Kane thinks that you know he's like he's not ready to do that. He thinks that that's murder, and uh, Miller is like, well, maybe that's what's necessary at this point. And, and this is a this is a really good you know building on old themes about you know. Who the whole thing of especially when they were torturing Lincoln and they were talking about like what we who we are and what we do to survive isn't the same thing and that connects back with what Hannah says later and it connects back with you know making sure we we deserve to survive which is what stuff. Abby said you told me that was the pilot yep yep when I pointed that out, I was like wait this quote has permeated how I watched the show yeah, yeah and maybe that's because I watched it fairly recently on Netflix I wonder how. Like, did that sink in when you first watched it? Like, uh, did that line at honestly, all? Honestly, that the back and forth where Kane is, says like, "I'm I'm do, doing whatever I can to make sure the human race survives," and then she says that. That was the thing in the pilot, like maybe beyond anything else, that I was like, "There is depth to this episode, like to this show." Like, yes, it's silly and cheesy, and they're playing Mac and Dragon songs, but this is a like philosophical debate that has weight and these two actors are delivering them very well. I, I mean, I, I thought Kane was fantastic in that pilot mm-hmm. and like, and I'm so glad that it is completely permeated the entire show because I think that that, that that divide is like the divide, right? You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's like the main core discussion, you know? And it's like, and, and the fact that now Kane is the one who's saying that's not who we are, you know, it is showing how much he's changed, and I think that's great. Yes, um, absolutely. I I think that it's just going back to relevancy. Yeah. This is also a very relevant thing. We've had the discussion of what's dystopia versus utopia. Yeah. And the discussion of like how our actions define who we are as people, mm-hmm. our culture, and what decisions we're willing to make. Yeah to continue existing and where we would draw lines. This is something that is becoming all the more relevant as in our world, we become more and more global. Yeah. Can I move on? Yes. Okay. So Gas was upset because there's no more alcohol uh, because the lake was poisoned by the grounders since they're using the alcohol for water, I guess is what's going on. Um, I'm not assuming. Yeah. (laughs) I assume that's what's happening. Um, but over in the City of Light plotline, uh, they're Raven and Jaha are talking, and there's and Raven saying Polaris, the debris from Polaris fell into the ocean, so they don't know what to do. Uh, and Jaha wants more people for the City of Light in order to 
you know, have more mines for Allie to use so they can find the second AI. Um, but Pike confiscated the kit maker, so they're going to use Gasper in order to steal it. Um, it's a lot of stuff. <laughs> I don't know. Any, any thoughts? Well, it was basically like, it was supposed to be a humorous moment of how upset Jasper is. Yeah. At the lack of drink. Mm-hmm. It just felt sad. Yeah. <laughs> um, just a cruel reminder of where he is now. Uh, I really liked pairing how they've been pairing Jasper and Raven this season. Um, yes. It's I, been I scary been... and unnerving. Yeah. yeah. Given our lack of trust for, our deserved lack of trust um, for Ali and yeah. Jaha. Um, so, yeah. So, going from seeing Jasper at such a low point to Raven and Jaha watching him. Yeah. I was like, no, I see the wheels turning in your head. I don't like it. Speaking of actors who don't get as much as they deserve, I am kind of bummed watching Isaiah Washington lately because it's like, like I think his the I mean I like the Alley storyline more now, but I feel like he has been sort of relegated to like evil brainwash man, and that like he used to have so many layers, and I'm like, and I'm I, I'm hopeful that he'll get back to that once this is dealt with, but. He is kind of just like one tone robot man now, and so it's kind of like I I'd like to think that they're doing that on purpose. Yeah, because they know even the characters around him they notice this change in him of like this man who you were who was the father to your son he's not here. Yeah, and he's like no I'm in the city of light where I forgot my son exists. Yeah, existed. Um. It it all I I'd like to believe that it's gonna pay off, but I get what you're saying. Well, it's just one of those weird things where it's he he was there was definitely a time and, and maybe a significant period of time where Jaha was one of my favorite characters, and I and I thought that he was a really conflicted, complex character, and so it's kind of like I feel like that character's not on the show anymore, you know. Mm-hmm. So and it's like I, I'm still hopeful. That we'll get him back at some point, but like that guy, the guy who was in that desert with that little boy, like that was a great character, and so I don't know. Yeah, yeah, you're very right. Yeah. All right, so Pike realizes uh, a little bit too late that he doesn't have that many bullets, and uh, how stupid can you be about that? Oh my god, what a moron! <laughs> yeah, I love how we were just praising him like a minute ago, and uh... now we're like, you're an idiot. <laughs> wrong with you <laughs> yeah no that seemed pretty dumb uh that you didn't really plan that out that well and then you and even if like you didn't plan like that you just didn't take stock of this earlier uh, when you started this war where you massacred people um okay good good job mm-hmm. uh, so kane tells him to turn himself in uh and pike says turning in finn was the wrong choice you know he brings that up and he says you surrendered a young life and the grounders betrayed you anyway so this episode is really trying to um create the correlation between giving up Finn and the grounders betraying them. And I'm almost, I was actually not totally, I don't really understand what they're saying. Is, is the betrayal that they ended that they killed Finn or is the betrayal of they, that the Mount weather betrayal Mount weather betrayal. Okay. Um, I mean, I guess they have a point. I, I don't really, I don't know. <laughs> it's, I mean, Yes, they have a point in that regard. Yeah. But they also have the issue of like, yeah, well, the grounders 
didn't say they wanted Finn to seal the truce. Mm. They said that they wanted Finn so they wouldn't massacre mm. their people. They wouldn't massacre the Arcadians, which they didn't. Yeah. They didn't massacre the Arcadians, but they were like, okay, we're going to kill you in retribution. Kill you all in retribution for the village being killed. Oh, wait, you want to negotiate a truce between us so we take out this bigger threat. Mm. Oh, okay, but for that, we need the guy who did commit the massacre we were going to punish you all for. I'm so not... for anything, they're still inconsistent. I'm not I mean, sure that you're consistent. right about what you're saying. I have to rewatch. I feel like they were saying, give us Finn and you'll get your truce. No, they definitely were, but they were also yeah. threatening to kill everybody. Yeah. It's it's enough that I understand where Pike is coming from. When mm. Bellamy says it also, I'm like... I mean, your logic is just kind of really twisted right now. So it's like, I don't know. But Wait, mine? No, I mean, I mean Bell, I'm talking to Bellamy. <laughs> oh, so Bellamy's not here right now, Daniel. <laughs> it is Olga speaking. Uh, or is it Lexa? Stop. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that time of day. Oh, so God. Pike thinks he's doing what's necessary, nothing more. Uh, and this is the first of a few Pike-Kane face-offs. Great, great stuff for both of them. Ken's just awesome this episode. He's definitely at the heart of the episode. But... Look at you. What? What a turnaround. <laughs> what, Kane? Oh, I'm sorry. I heard Pike. Oh, no, I would not call Pike the heart of the episode. <laughs> I know. I but, was yeah. like, what is this? Who but I definitely enjoy Pike. You. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Raven officially recruits Gasper. She needs him to distract the guards with his drunken idiotness. Uh, even though she thinks that he's more than that. I thought that was a nice little touch. Um, and they have to basically use his knowledge of Monty to figure out the key code so they can steal the chipmaker. Not much else to say there. Uh. I thought it was a bit convoluted, but... <laughs> yeah. He gave, gave Raven an excuse to hang out with Jasper, and that was nice. So I mean, the the connection to Monty, I thought, made sense. The The thing is, we never even really see him use his drunken idiotness to distract the guards, so that was a little bit strange. But... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so Pike's planning again. He's playing his attack. Um, they basically, they're going to attack the largest encampment with big automatic weapons and then sort of bottleneck them into this ridge and blow it up. I don't know enough about bombs and things to truly understand what they were saying here. I got a little confused. They're doing something with the rover and bombing it or mining something. ADs. I didn't. I was just like, oh, murder plan. Okay, yeah. <laughs> they have a murder plan. Yeah. I didn't really focus in on the details, honestly. Yeah. So, but basically, Kane overhears and he's like, we need to disable the rover because that's apparently. And they only have one rover? I'm a little confused. I guess. Yeah. Um. So he meets up with Sinclair, which awesome to have more Sinclair being a badass for no reason. Um, <laughs> I enjoy that always. Mm-hmm. Um, Monty watches them and tells Bellamy. And so then uh, Bellamy ends up arresting Sinclair while he's working on the rover. Well, the whole way that they find out or like know that it's going to be Sinclair doing something with the rover mm. is that Pike and his team found the bug. Yeah, yeah. That they put in their room. So they're like, all right, this isn't our actual plan necessarily. Is it not? I, I was unclear on when they found the bug. Well, they, they were standing there and staring at it on top of the table. So okay. I was like, oh, crap, okay. they found the bug. All right. I think I might have missed that because I was tweeting. <laughs> but uh, Things happen, guys. So, <laughs> so Pike interrogates Sinclair. 
Um, he, yeah, he puts the bug on the table, he takes up Bellamy's gun, and then he smashes the bug. And Hannah's talking about how, like, on the Ark, they would have floated him for being a traitor. But Pike is like, we're not on the Ark anymore, and he locks him up. So this is in one of those first moments where I'm like, yay, layers! He's not just some evil dictator badass. Like, he, he mm-hmm. wants to... Badass? A dictator badass. <laughs> okay, Dan. Um, but, like, he wants to do the right thing, even if his head is not exactly in the right place. Um, but he thinks he's doing right, and that's that's mm-hmm. what makes a great villain. Exactly. They, they think they're the hero of their own story. Exactly. That I really like that. Oh my god, I was so scared that he was going to shoot Sinclair in the face. I mean, I, I bet easily could have, because not like Sinclair is like a character that that many people would have been upset about. No, but like, <laughs> the, n- not because of that, yeah. but just because like that really would have turned him into purely evil bad yeah. guy with no other layers to it. Yeah. And if anything, Hannah is the more interesting pure evil bad guy yeah, yeah. Of like her wanting to go to that ultimate she's like full nazi almost like she just is so like well full nazi's a bit different i mean she's pretty close I-, I feel like they're pretty much they're highly prejudiced of this other people and want to wipe them out mm, yeah good point <laughs> but but like but but a full Nazi that truly believes in what they're doing is what I'm is what I mean by that. Like, not uh, just because everyone's doing it yeah. and that's the culture. She actually has bought into the yeah. She's drunk the Kool Aid exactly exactly. Um and yeah I, I I get that. It's scary. It's definitely a scary how she's just like yeah just kill him just punish him yeah like this is what we do. I'm like well, oh god but you can't you have hope of being different and it's like yeah. she doesn't see that hope of being different. Yeah. Well I mean it it is I mean it does remind you why these people might be this way that they grew up on the ark you know where this is what you do and it doesn't seem necessarily harsh to them because that's just what you do. But at the same time a thing that very much upset me was like yeah your son broke the law and was in prison and got sent to the earth which could have been a death sentence how did you feel about that like that was the law how did you deal with it definitely so i thought that was very hypocritical of her encouraging like that kind of punishment when if her son had been a couple years older yeah her son would have had that punishment Yeah. yeah so uh, we get more Raven and Jasper. This is just a very minor scene, basically just asking questions back and forth, trying to figure out what Monty's code is. And we get the whole thing about like uh, how they would play, like which planet would you rather be on or something, and they mm-hmm. figure out the thing's Earth. Uh, anything you want to say there? It was just the point of what I'd mentioned before, how like, oh, look, we actually get to hear about their friendship yeah. prior to what we saw, and it's not coming from Monty. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, like, Monty would be a nice person to get flashbacks. That would be nice. Yes, it would. <laughs> so, okay, so then we do at least get this Monty-Hannah scene, which is good. We needed more of these, but at least we got this. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's upset. Sinclair was his mentor. He recruited him to engineering. Another thing of Sinclair just being, like, way more important to way more people than we ever realized. I was going to say, <laughs> did you ever realize that Monty worked in engineering with Sinclair? I feel like they've said it, like, in season one, but it's been a while. Did they? I think they did. Did they really? <laughs> they did. Um, I'm just in a mood now. <laughs> um, yeah, but at least, yeah, so, so Monty's questioning himself. He hasn't shared that he did the right thing. 
And, you know, then we have Hannah saying, if something helps you survive, it's always the right thing. You do what it takes. Again, very, very Kane season one. Um, do you think we'll get a Hannah redemption? I'm getting less and less confident that we will. I think he'll sacrifice herself for her son. I kind of, I kind of hope so. Yeah. I feel like, I don't know if that will fully redeem her. Yeah. It depends how they do it or what she does. If anything, it might be used as a way of like justifying <sighs> Monty's action. I honestly have no idea. Yeah. I have no idea. Um, so Sinclair is locked up. He has a message for Lincoln from Kane, you know, tonight's a go. Uh, I guess that, that was, it's a lot of like just functional plot things happening in this episode. So it's not that much to talk about, but I, I liked that moment of him, yeah. you know. I didn't get that that was going to happen either. Mm, yeah, I thought that was really cool. Or I, in other words, I didn't expect anything yeah. to happen with Sinclair being in prison on purpose. Yeah, I was actually, I was happy because I thought Lincoln wasn't going to be in the episode at all. So I was like, oh, yeah, Lincoln. Yay. <laughs> Uh, so then we get this Kane and Bellamy scene, and uh, they're both trying to convince the other to change sides, basically. Bellamy is saying, you know, Monroe died because of you, and Kane's like, well, Pike's going to kill Sinclair, and, you know, this is going to end with half the camp in jail, half the camp starving, and they'll end up turning on Pike. And that's a very good point, Mr. Kane. <laughs> but Bellamy is very stubborn, and he still thinks he's on the right side. So, Thoughts? I really, the the imagery that, that Kane was establishing mm. um, was very powerful and just like, you know, just sad and unfortunate. And it made me almost want to scream like, you hear, you need to hear what he says. Yeah. Don't do it. This is your future. <laughs> but who knows? I mean, they both have their convictions. I wish we had seen more Kane Bellamy before Bellamy went cuckoo. <laughs> um, because, especially the way this episode ends, which we'll get to, like, it, it does, I, I don't really, I mean, I know three months went by and they probably bonded a lot, but I don't really get why Kane cares about Bellamy as much as he seems to. Um, why does Abby care about Jasper? Why does yeah. Abby care about anyone? Like, <laughs> why do any adults care about their child, the children in the show? Because the show is mostly about the children. Yeah. Like, that's why. <laughs> um, I really like the next scene, which is the Miller-Brian scene. Um, I thought that was great. I was very happy that we got it uh, and that Miller so gets So unexpected. More. Yeah, really nice. And this is, this is uh, I mean, I kind of predicted this scene in a way because when people were so upset about the kiss, the kiss not happening when they departed that other time, mm -hmm. I was like, I'm sure this is the first time they've ever interacted really on the show. I'm sure we'll get more of them like actually getting a scene once or some point. And then we'll get this. It's still like kind of strange to me that they put put it off. I don't really know what the point was. Maybe they just wanted to to culminate in an actual scene. Um, I honestly have no idea. Yeah, I, I I think it's just poor a poor choice, and we just have to live with it at this point. Yeah, but I mean, in the end, it doesn't really matter because we got this kiss. And because as the scene started, I, they had like that awkward cheek kiss, and it was like awkwardly shot and i was like is this all they're gonna do again and then mm -hmm. people are gonna get really angry so i was very happy the way it ended um but the scene itself i thought was really nice it was the, sort of the drama and you, you could see you could feel the history in the dialogue and the acting yeah. as far as like the um, you know you know brian's like if you don't like pike's policies just leave the guard and miller's just like you know there's too much going on i can't do that right now and 
they both care about each other, but they're just on these opposite sides. And it feels very Lincoln Octavia in a way. It does. I was going to say the awkwardness between them, you can tell that it stems from them feeling like they have not feeling them hiding things from each other. Yeah. Like them, to, you know, not being able to be truthful with the person that you truly love. Yeah. And it's like ruining their relationship. Yeah. And you can see that you can get that read. Yeah. from the scene as it goes on there's a lot of nice subtext here definitely. exactly and in this case this is subtext that it works yeah for sure um and then brian bugs him and then i like that little capper second scene after that with brian and bellamy and they're you know he's feeling very conflicted so like we're getting layers for brian which is nice yeah and you know he goes you know the question is am i protecting him or does he need protection from me you know and I, I thought that was a nice little little moment for him. Definitely. It also makes me worry about Miller. Like, what's going to happen to him now? Cause oh, God. Cause like... we know, he, his boyfriend knows that he's yeah. on Kane's team, and Bellamy knows, and there's no hiding it. And it's just... If they kill off another gay character... No, no, no. I don't think that they're going to kill him. They but... could, though. And, like, what, like, like, the show will implode. Like, can they please not? I'm, I'm just beg. I'm not even like I. I don't want to act like I'm just saying it because people will be upset. Because I would be upset. Like, don't do that. Like, keep Miller alive, please. Uh, but he's a good character uh, and has good representation. And why do that? But it is scary because Brian is so new and he is kind of on the wrong side. So he's pretty easy fodder to die too. And like that would suck <sighs> so hard. God. Yeah, and then it, then it really feels like you just introduced this plotline to kill him. And oh, so absolutely! Like, that would I would I would feel that way about this. Yeah, they they can't. Like it's like please don't. Like that's all I'm saying. Uh, I don't know. And if you've already written it and shot it, go reshoots <laughs> right now. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. I guess like make a scene where Brian survives and like runs into the woods, and then he can come back next season. <laughs> He's captured. He's kidnapped. Mil- maybe Miller is kidnapped. I don't care. Oh, stay alive. Yeah. All right. So Jasper and Raven break into Pike's office. Um, ja- Jasper brings up how, how the Pike situation is very similar to Finn. And he asks uh, her if she remembers Finn and what happened. Um, well, not just that. Like, it leads up to, like, do you remember those times? Because he was reminiscing about Maya. Yeah. And I- and the whole point was he was asking, like, so do you with those memories of the person that you love, even though there's pain to them now, do mm. you just have them without that pain? Mm. And then she looks at him confused. Yeah. And then he's like, wait, do you remember? Well, with Finn, like, do you remember Finn? I think it's a little bit a little bit different than what you're saying. I mean, at least I read it's it a different little from how you were saying it, too. What do you mean? Well, I, I wasn't. I wasn't ready. I, I wasn't at that part yet. I was just because the first thing he asked is just, "Do you remember the Finn situation?" And then he says, "Is is it just that you don't remember the bad times? You just remember the good times?" Mm-hmm. So you know that that's the that's the 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 question that that was the main thing I took away from it was was that like he won't remember her dying, but he'll remember their first kiss. He'll remember like that's what he's hoping for. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, he's asking about that. I think this is I think this is a phenomenal scene. I'll say that much. Um, Raven, she doesn't remember Finn giving her the necklace. She doesn't remember her first kiss. And she just totally has, like, a a meltdown. Um, yeah, she doesn't remember anything about him at all. Great acting again. Awesome. Yeah. I felt her urgency. I felt her panic. Yeah. Like, just being totally lost in 
and scrambling and yeah. and it was just it was it was really great and really emotional and not just that but but just kind of going back to how Jas like going back to their relationship yeah the fact that he felt like he could talk to her about this mm. and open up to her and reminisce about Maya yeah yeah because he's just kind of keeping it in all the time drinking it away trying yeah. to numb it and when he was with Raven he was like she is like me yeah yeah makes sense and he's and he's hopeful like he's a symbol of hope for him in a way exactly too. which is why he also like you can see the panic reflected in him when she doesn't respond the yeah. way he thought she would yeah yeah well it's because it, there's, there's a lot of layers here because he's hopeful but he knows what he's asking oh, and yeah. he like he he saw what happened with jaha and he's like he's hoping that it's what he thinks it is but he kind of knows that it probably isn't and you know, and then as it's getting more and more confirmed for him, yeah, it's freaking him out. Mm-hmm. That's really great. Um, I also I meant to mention even earlier. I think the music throughout this entire episode is particularly strong. I really noticed it on my second watch of the episode. Uh, in this scene, I think it's particularly fantastic. But throughout the whole episode, I think that the music really added to the drama and really uh, complemented the acting very well. Yeah, I didn't watch the episode a second time, but and I didn't like really consciously uh remark on the music yeah. but i remember noticing it one or two times i mean like ooh, ooh i'm feeling i'm feeling things more intensely because of it like this is very influential to my mood and and to what they're trying to set up with the scene for sure for sure it was great if that if every episode could have that quality music yeah if every show could have <laughs> that quality of music at correct times tv would be very different i think uh okay so sinclair sets off this whole chain of events here he says that he's ready to talk to bellamy or to pike i guess um well no no he does want he wants bellamy here so Mm -hmm. basically uh to he's pretending that he's gonna give himself up and and to talk about kane and everything and lincoln calls him a traitor and starts beating him up uh so bellamy opens the cake to stop him and then a riot breaks out because it was all planned um, dun, dun, dun. And meanwhile, Kane is shock lashing Pike, and everything's going crazy banana pants. Well, I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't say he's like shock lashing him like the way that he did with Abby. Um, well, I, he uses the shock lash to yeah. like stun him and get him down so that he can kidnap him. I th- I feel yeah. like that's different than like that genuine punishment of shock lashing. Mm, okay. Well, he's I, I just don't know if he's using the shock lash. That's that's all I meant by that. Yes. Yeah. yes. Um, like the way uh, the way that Harper yeah said it earlier of like we we shock lash him and then hand him over. It's like yeah. that you shame him into you punish him for his actions. That's not really what. No, I, that's not how I read it at all. I, I read it as this is exactly what Harper was was hoping would happen. That he's doing what Harper said. Because... Oh, I read it as differently. I thought it was supposed to supposed to remind us of what Harper said. Yeah. But the way I understood it was like Kane does this out of necessity, whereas I thought that Harper meant it out of as a punishment. No, so so the way I read it was Harper Har- so Harper was saying knock him out with the shock lash and then drag him to the grounders the way that Kane does. And so that this is once Kane hears the thing about the killing box and we're gonna blow up all the grounders, or whatever, he's like Okay, Harper, you were right. I'm just going to do that. Um, that's how I read it, at least. Okay. 
I I didn't read it like that, but that either way, it's still I really like the fact that it um, brings up that thought again. Um, so about the riot, I wanted to talk a little bit about it. I, I just really uh, I thought it was really well shot and edited. I, I it, was, it felt very hectic. It felt like definitely a great climactic action packed finale. There, they used their budget to the best of their ability. Mm-hmm. Um, just a very exciting you know, series of events here, and just the episode exploded, you know, they've been building up with all these scenes of moving pieces here and there, and then it just exploded, and I thought it worked really well. Definitely, and I like how with the chaos, you can't really tell how many people there are, or, like, who who's fighting against who, like, yeah. how many people of the prisoners are turning against how many of the guards, it's just chaos. Yeah, well, actually, I, there were some places where I was a little bit, like, I wanted to understand what was happening a little bit more, whereas, like, Harp, there's a moment where, like, Harper is, like, attacking somebody, I'm like, okay, is she still pretending to be part of the guard, or is she attacking a guard and helping the ground? Like, I couldn't tell, mm-hmm. um... But, you know, but I just generally, yeah, I think the staking overall was really nice. I was confused the first time I watched it at what Miller was up to during all this, because you don't really see Miller. Uh, but I realized she's the one opening the gate and because Monty overhears uh, Kane talking with Miller. And, and so Miller's opening the gate. And so Monty tells Bellamy and it leads into this whole thing of uh, Kane trying to drive Pike out in the rover. But Bellamy's in the way and Kane stops and ends up getting arrested. Yeah. And it is, I mean, it's a crazy moment where, like, I think probably most people are shouting at their screens, run him over, and it's Bellamy. Like, you know. No, I didn't know what I wanted. <laughs> I'll be honest. I'm like, get out, go hand Pike over, but, like, don't get yourself shot and don't kill Bellamy. I mean, I, I was wondering as it was happening, I was like, can he, like, just hit him and not kill him? <laughs> like, is that possible? He's not going that quickly. <laughs> or, or will Bellamy, for me, it was mostly a thing of, like, if... If Kane keeps going, yeah. will Bellamy get out of the way, or will he shoot at the car at the rover? Yeah, yeah. And I wasn't sure what it would be. Yeah. Well, I'm just glad Kane didn't die in this episode. Oh, and in this episode, yeah. <laughs> we'll uh-huh. <laughs> um. So then we move back to Allie, and she talks about when I communicate with someone, they agree and listen to me. But uh, Raven apparently is super strong or something, and uh, you know, she says well, that. What? Well, we've been saying that. We've been trying to reason, like, how is she different than, um, uh, what's Everybody his name? Else. Otan. Otan, yeah, and even, like, Jaha. It's like, well, she's strong. Yeah, I, I I can't remember if we have tweets about this or not, but I definitely, this feels like it's smudging things, because it just, like, even if she is stronger than Otan, he went, like, he loves his sister, presumably, and he went from, like, nothing to holding a knife to his sister's throat in, like, five seconds. And all it took Raven was was realizing she couldn't remember her first kiss. Uh, to me, that's just still weird. I mean, but... I'm not saying that that wasn't weird. I'm, but I am saying, like, it is at least they're pointing out a yeah. reason yeah. for why she is different. And and what we it's what we've been saying, yeah. but it's also now it's in the show. And I like that. Uh, so, but I thought it was interesting. She says free will and the need for consent are part of my core programming. I can't override them. Uh, and so Jaha says that maybe I can. That's how we. Yeah, that was that. freaky as hell and yeah. all the wrong. Because, because I have to say, hearing a man say like I can override the consent, like the find a way, like that was yeah. just not. Ugh, that yeah. was grimy as all hell. I was more focused on 
that it just feels weird that free will and the need for consent are part of her core programming because who consented to blow up the planet doesn't even really feel like Jaha is totally freely consenting to everything. It seems like he's brainwashed. So I don't really, this felt weird to me. I have to be honest. Like, I don't, I don't really get this. And it does sort of, I'm a little, like we had talked a few weeks ago and you're like, I don't think they do something as cheesy as like love beats everything, but it kind of seems like it's leading there. And I'm a little bit worried about that, that like we're going to defeat Allie with the power of love. And it's like, there's like, and I am conflicted because I think the Raven scene was awesome, (laughs) but it was, but like, it is a little scary for where that's going to me. Yeah, I can see that. I'm going to hold out hope that love will not be the solution. (laughs) They're going to have a scientific solution. (laughs) Guys, love is never the solution. It's always hate. Um, Don't listen to Dan (laughs) ever. Stop listening right now, as a matter of fact. Anyway, uh, God, you're dumb jokes. Um, <laughs> science, you said you want to hope it's a science explanation. I do hope it's a science explanation, but beyond that, I think that I, well, I definitely do agree of like, where does this consent thing, like, where does the line fudge yeah. here? But moreover, I think that they fudged it and kind of maybe made a mess of it um, for the purpose of making Jaha, like, who will in the future take more concise, like, evil brainwashed actions instead of just, like, I'm going to spread the alley seed. Now it'll be, like, whether you like it or not. Spread that seed without your consent. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. I got truly... Uh grimy vibes from this scene but see how how that it's so nonsensical you just said the guy who's brainwashed is gonna do even more but that how is he brainwashed before i don't understand is he just like am i supposed to just think that he's evil now i don't i don't know hopefully we'll I'm get more not of going this. that far i don't think we i think there that's going to be a question that they're going to bring up of like yeah. how do how are we supposed to feel yeah. and that they've already brought up of how are we supposed to feel about jaha yeah. Like, where's the line of what he chooses to do and what what Allie has gotten him to do? I guess I guess my my takeaway from this plotline and kind of all the plotlines this episode is like there are things that I love, like super, super love. And I really do super love that scene. And I think it's a great scene. But there, for every plot line, there are great things, and then there are things where I'm like, yeah, I don't like if you if you think about this for more than a minute, it doesn't really f- hold together. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I mean, I guess I'm they've they've been good in the past, and I, I really do hope that things will start to come together. And I mean, I'm definitely more hopeful about City of Light than I was at the beginning of the season. So hopefully, Yay. they'll continue to to work on that but yeah hopefully it'll be an upswing yeah and not just like all right we feel like we've answered enough questions here (laughs) moving on (laughs) (laughs) all right so back to pike and kane uh kane is saying sometimes the rules were established to serve the world of the past not the future see the world as it is and turn yourself in this is also a great thing because it's he's hearkening back to the lessons that he learned from jaha where jaha on the ark was teaching him that you know, sometimes it's about knowing when not to listen to the rules, uh, and that was a big part of his season one arc too. Mm-hmm. And so I thought that was a really a really good speech from him. And 
but Pike is saying, you know, he would turn himself in if, if he, he was sure it would secure the safety of his people, but only a deluded man would believe that, and he sentences him to death. That was very powerful, because then again, it's like what you said earlier of Pike really does think that what he's doing is right. Yeah. And I like hearing that reminder of, I'm not doing this because I just want to stay alive. Yeah. It's I what I'm doing is in and of itself selfless. Yeah. I, I mean, these are two big heavy hitters and they and they are on par with each other. And it's it's very fun to watch them together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. While I do agree with what Kane is saying. Yeah. It makes me wonder, like when I see it written out the way it is and remembering it. Yeah. Would you say that this has a very like liberal connotation, like politically liberal connotation to it? Yes. <laughs> I think so too. Yes. Because it's like see the world as it is, get with the times. Like yeah. if Pike is the conservative and an extreme form of what we know is uh, let me put it this way. Mm. A lot of what fascism was and yeah. is is conservative in its values. Conservative I'm not that, wrong. I'm not saying that conservatives are fascists. I yeah. want to be very clear about that. Um yes, conservatism gone wrong as people say that communism is liberalism gone wrong yeah um so so yeah so like would you say that this is kind of like liberalism versus conservatism well yeah you can easily say like oh the constitution was built to serve the world of the past we're in a different world now and you know we have to serve the future and know when to break the old rules to serve where we are now and where we want to be and uh, i think that's what an amendment would be (laughs) so i mean yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, yeah, I definitely, I definitely think there's, there's liberalism there for sure. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that. I'm just wondering, like, that's a little odd that again in this political climate that we're in, mm. the show isn't getting that dis, isn't getting attention for having this discussion. Well, it has less than two million viewers, so you know, it's uh, that that's a big part of it. If this was on Game of Thrones, people would be talking about it. Um, but, but also you have to think about it is liberal, but liberal doesn't have to mean liberal in our context. You know, like it's, of course you should be liberal when your context is the conservative stances to kill people right away for small offenses. You Mm -hmm. know, it's, I I don't, it's talking about liberalism, but I don't know that it's talking about our liberalism, you know, like it can be applied there, but I don't think it's act, it's saying like. Because because our conservatism isn't their conservatism. That's so, true. You know, it just but it it rings in that same, not in the same vein, but in a similar vein yeah, to sure. the point where the discussion yeah is still relevant. For sure, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so he sentences him to death, and Bellamy is not happy. He uh, tr- Pike tries to convince him the way he has so many times now that he's doing the right thing, and Kane needs to die to be an example. Um, and it seems like he's won him over, like he has so many times. But um, then we have this, this epic montage with all the characters being upset and things. And uh, good music again. I was going to say, like, with a really good soundtrack, once again. <laughs> and uh, so then we have Hannah coming over to Bellamy and Monty. And she asks if they ID'd anyone working with Kane. And they, they have ID'd Miller and Harper. But Bellamy says no. And Monty goes along with it. And then Hannah says, it's really not that hard choosing what's best for your people, is it? And Bellamy says, no, I do it every day. So, the big shift. The big shift. Are we going to get a redemption? 
Are we going to get a redemption? I think we're going to get a a something. I mean, well, thanks, Dan. That's very. Uh... I, I don't know if I'm going to go like. I'll say he's not. I, I, he's yes, but I don't know if that means a full redemption. You right. know, like, I think a full redemption is going to be a lot harder to achieve, yeah. believably. Then again, with maybe they'll rush it and they'll be like, "Never mind, he's back to normal." And we're like, "Okay." No. I I don't think so. I think it's me more of he's firmly an anti-hero now because he is someone who deserves to be punished, but he's fighting for the right side now. And so it's like, well, they're not going to focus on fighting him when they can use him, you know? And then so it's like, but at some point, I, I think that his ramifications will, will likely be more emotional ramifications for mm-hmm. both, both internal and from everybody else being mad at him. But I do think that they'll work with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, again, like, I don't know how I'll feel as we go on, but this moment in and of itself, I liked. If you think about it, does it totally work? I mean, you think why? Because I mean, if you think about it, so he's finally changed over when he realizes that the people he cares about are at stake. And like, I guess that's enough that could jog him out of it, but killing all those people wasn't enough to jog him out of it. I was no. just thinking that, like, what what about this moment is really that different? The fact that it's Kane, the fact that, oh, all of a sudden it dawns on you after all this time that people... Like, I mean, come on, even Monroe died, and he's like, no, she died in the war. Like, why is the war, the battle scene, mm. battle and violence different from, like, political subterfuge in terms of people that you care about are going to get hurt. They shouldn't be different in this world. Well, like, no, because I think the difference in his head is there's a difference between uh, them getting killed by a grounder and them killing themselves. That that, that oh, right. He's yeah. been able to justify himself in his, in his head that he's doing all of this to protect his people and to stop the grounders who he's been able to delude himself into picturing as these, these mythically awful people and that when it comes to the point where he's not protecting his people anymore, I mean, because it's, they outright say doing what's best for your people. He doesn't want his people to die and he's not going to let his own people kill his people. So in that way, like I, there's enough there that I get it. It's one of those things where like, I think it works for a TV show. Like it works like for a show. Does it make sense in the real world? Would I accept him after everything he's done in the real world? Probably not. <laughs> on a TV show, I think that he thought he was doing the right thing, he was wrong, and now he realizes that he's going to try to do better. And so it's like, I think I can let that go. I think. We'll see how they handle it. If he has no ramifications or anything, then that's a problem. But um, I think they will give him ramifications. And so I really I really like this ending. I just want to say that. Yeah. Well, I like the ending, but for me, if with the show that makes so many other real-world comparisons... Mm. If they don't fulfill this, it'll be really bad. But they also have Murphy. Like, you know, like I mean, that's true. You know, like it's it's not they're not and no one is even remotely talking about should Clark suffer for killing children. Like, you know, like oh, it's it is a complicated like it still is a TV show. Like it's yeah. Uh, no, I don't know. <sighs> Yeah, things are already accelerated on the show and disregarded. That's true. We shouldn't, like, we can't pick and choose in in a way. But this, 
But I don't I I just don't know. Like it's it, it's strange to me like you'd sacrifice your friends for the sake of a greater enemy. Whoa, what do you mean by sacrifice your friends? Not sacrifice, but like when you go to battle with another group or with well, anyone, you risk loss of life on you, your own side. Yeah, but they think that they have no choice. He's deluded himself into believing he has no choice but to do that. Right. And there is a choice it's here. Just, there's a choice here and everyone's trying to I, I don't know. It's just I don't like this as much as I think yeah. I think you do. Um, it just the thing here is mostly that I just can't understand how throughout this entire episode mm. none of these thoughts crossed as like truly truly sunk into him. Oh, but I think they have. I, I mean, I I think that he's he he know. I think what it is is that he knows throughout the episode that he's crossed the line and he's clinging and and like letting himself be sort of pushed along by pike and clinging to i have to have done the right thing because how could i have not have done the right thing if i haven't done the right thing then i'm awful and so it's like i i think that the thing that the conversation with kane where kane says he's gonna kill sinclair he's gonna become this fascist guy he's you know you think that you think that he's a good guy well he's about to become this dictator and it's all gonna blow up in your face and all your people are gonna be in jail or starving and like Bellamy still needs needs to believe that he's wrong, but when he is proven to be right, he's like, "I screwed up," and I need, okay, I like, I definitely get. That's how I've I know that we were supposed to read it. Yeah. And with this scene, when I was watching it, I got that. But yeah. in this case, for me, this subtext, yeah, in his performance mm. was lacking. Really. Yes. I thought his performance was really good. I thought that it was a solid performance in terms of like conveying emotion. Yeah. But in terms of looking, not just looking confused and like a little puppy dog. Oh, I thought it was way more than that. I for me, it just for whatever reason, it didn't fly as it. It, it, it was like, oh, I see the intention. Yeah. But it, the follow, the follow through wasn't consistent enough for me to get that message solidly and truly understand what Bellamy was going for. Well, that's too bad. I, I hope hopefully they can win you over in the coming episodes. Okay. It, it's just a thing of, I think I can't, I honestly can't tell how much of it is my biases from, from how his character even became this in the first place. Yeah. I'm having a lot of trouble trying to separate it out no. because it was just so mishandled. Yeah. This season, I'm sur- I'm surprised the show had so much potential I mean, in the beginning of the season, and I feel like they just—I mean, we talk about, oh, this was great, this was great, this yeah. gr- was great. But if you think about it, it doesn't work. If you think about it, it's a—it's a bit off. If you th- like, this yeah. stuff adds up. Yeah, no, for and, sure. And sure. in terms of potential, it just feels like this—the entire draft of this season need another once over. I—I I suppose I, I don't. I'm definitely not where you are in that. Like, I don't. There was no, no single episode of this season do I think was not good. No, like, no, no, no. I don't think it was a bad episode yeah. by any stretch of the imagination. I'm yeah. not saying this was a bad episode. I enjoyed no. it. It was really good. I liked it. I'm not saying it was a bad episode. I'm yeah. saying there are a lot of arguable, like minor to middling yeah. flaws Yeah. that when, after several months of watching it, it's harder to forget the minor ones because you're like, oh, and here's another one, and here's another thing, and here's another issue. What about that? It just gets in the way of my enjoyment and yeah. fully immersing myself because I'm like, I don't know if I can trust 
the writers. I don't know if I can trust what I'm going to see. See, Al, I wonder if you mainly feel this way because you're walking out week to week and podcasting every week and we're picking it apart. Because as aside from the Bellamy thing and the Lexa controversy... I don't think that the little things are that different from season two. I don't think the show has ever been perfect. Like, I, I think if you looked at season two and we watched, watched it episode to episode, there's little things like, like the little things I brought up throughout. The, I mean, Monty was barely used last season too. He was used less. And so it's like, it's, I don't, I don't think the show has ever been perfect. I think the show is, has some really great things in it. And I think that the imperfections in some ways are, part of what I like about it because it is something that I can talk about and I can pick it apart, but I can still enjoy what, what works. And, and I, and again, like it's hard for me to be like, I think that there have been missteps. I think to me, the only like legitimate, like bad thing the app, the show has done is, is, is the handling of the Bellamy thing. And, and so I still feel like this has been a very solid season with, I enjoy every single episode, like a lot. And so I'm going to miss Lexa. I wish they hadn't done that with Bellamy, but I, I don't know. I still think it's a good season. I don't think it's a bad season, exactly. Yeah. It's just that I'm not as hopeful of a solid payoff as I was with the previous season. Okay, I can understand that. And I think part of it is why I was more willing to accept flaws in the past, or yeah. even like joyously discuss them, Yeah, is because compared to... Like, season one was interesting grabbing, mm. and it had a lot of flaws. Yeah. And then we start season two, and it's like, oh, they've made an improvement. Yeah. And yes, it has other flaws. It has other issues, things to pick apart. Yeah. But that said, like, what it br- brings up in terms of discussion, it adds on in layers Yeah. to season one. And here, again, we have things adding on in layers. Yeah. As I've said over and over and over again during this podcast and other podcasts. Yeah. But... That said, it feels like it's not a true improvement over what I've seen before. Yeah, and I guess maybe I'm giving them a pass, but I never expected it to be. I, the way they ended season two, uh, I was just like... What do you mean? I, I never expected it to be better. I, I, the way they ended season two, I was like, this is really freaking good, and I have no idea how they could top it. I don't think... I think it's on par, honestly. I think that there are... There are bigger missteps, but the quality episode to episode, I think, is maybe even better. Like, if you look at as a whole, there are bigger issues, but I the scene to scene dialogue to dialogue, like uh, characterization, I feel like this is maybe better. Other than Bellamy, I think the yeah. characterization and and Monty. Other than Bellamy and Monty, yeah, I think that the characterization is as good. Yeah. If not a bit better than last season. And the dialogue yeah. is as good as it's always been. Yeah. Like, great. I love the dialogue. Yeah. But in terms of, like, what they're trying to build here, I expect better. When you yeah. build, give me expectations for a show, if you improve and continue improving yourself and pushing yourself for you for a show like this that has ambition with what it's trying to achieve. Yeah staying on par while your topics and what you're bringing up are like exponentially growing and getting stronger you can't keep it the same you can't keep the quality of how you're being consistent 
the same as it was before because then it's not enough like percentage wise it's just not enough but i mean are we not i I don't feel like we're giving them that much credit because they did this the city of light thing they totally turned around and are building up more and more interesting connecting it with polis in really interesting ways they have the whole thing with the building up this interesting fascism thing there's lots more allegories and parallels this season than there was at that point in season two Uh, like I, i don't I don't know. I think there's a lot of really. I think a lot of the Polis uh, stuff with the Nightbloods and all that stuff has been really interesting. I think that I they, agree. Like, I not even. I I yeah. totally agree. I don't know. Maybe I'm not making myself clear enough in terms of like what is distracting me from fully enjoying it. Yeah. But I just think that it needed. And literally, all I'm saying is I think it needed another polish. Yeah. Okay. Just, I'll, it, I'll it say just, that. Sure. That's that's all that it it was like. I've been expecting a lot of the show. And maybe that's, again, my fault, like with Bellamy and needing to accept that. It's my fault. I should accept it. It could be part of the fact that we do spend so much time thinking about it, yeah. talking about it and everything. But even so, the the show deserves this polish. Because yeah. yeah. it's just really good. The stuff that they have here is incredible. I don't see it anywhere else. Yeah, to take the metaphor as far as I possibly could, I feel like the season three road is a lot more bumpy than usual, but I'm still really enjoying the ride. Like, I I still feel like it's a really good ride, but yeah, there are more bumps, and I can understand that building up and piling up for somebody. And And I'm scared about where the destination's going to be. I think I'll enjoy it. I think think I'll enjoy it. I'm not, like, totally terrified like it's gonna be terrible I, I don't think that's not my where my mind goes to yeah it's more just a thing of like i don't know if i'm gonna like the result but yeah. i'm still gonna watch it i'm still gonna watch season four and i still love the characters and everything yeah. that they're saying so yeah. uh, right. i'm good <laughs> yeah all right we shall get into our feedback from people now. Um, so if you want to be on the show and you want to have your voice heard, there are a few ways that you can do that. You can send us an email at the100pod at gmail.com. Hey, if you want, if you literally want your voice heard, you can send us a voice message, a little audio message around two minutes. That would be really cool. And we'll play your voice, little thoughts on the episode, on the, episode, on the podcast. Um, you can also tweet us at the100podcast on Twitter. Or uh, check out the100-podcast.tumblr.com and send us a Tumblr question. All those hundreds are 100 numeric form. Also, please rate us or review us on iTunes. That would be splendid and would make us happy campers. And we will read your name on here if you do. And shall we get into the tweets? All right. So our first tweet comes from at Kit Cosplay. Uh, they say, no wonder Wells was so attached to Clark. Raven loved her boyfriend more than Jaha loved his own son. Burn. <laughs> yep, that's an interesting thing. Forget about Otan. <laughs> Jaha doesn't even seem to care about Wells that much. But, uh, yeah, interesting. I mean, that's more the brainwashing yeah. than... He's been with Allie longer than anybody else will say that much. That too. Yeah. That's very true. I we know that Jaha loved Wells. Yeah. He, well, he was literally alone with her for three months, so I guess Jeez, you can't blame right. him that much. But... That's very true. Yeah. All right. Fed him the lies. <laughs> um, I just want to say sorry we're not doing everyone's tweets this week because we again we're doing this later and there've been there's been a lot of feedback that's uh, added up. Yeah. Uh, so our first email is from Anella, who's at. Anella 
Isabel on Twitter. Anella says, the good. The minor characters kicked ass. Kudos to Miller, Sinclair, and Harper for rocking in this episode. It's awesome seeing Sinclair work with Lincoln and take one for the team, getting himself arrested. Miller being Kane's right-hand man while Octavia was gone was great, but the MVP award goes to Harper. My favorite line in this episode was from her, or, or we could just shock lash Pike's fascist ass and hand him to the grounders. Absolutely agree with you there, yeah. Anella. Great stuff. Amazing. And this kind of goes back to what we were saying about, would we rather Abby or these characters? Yeah. I'd rather these characters. For sure. For sure. All right. The bad. This episode didn't feel like a mid-season finale. It was somewhat slow in the beginning. No one died. And all the action was left in the last quarter of the episode. Not like it's a really bad thing, though. I don't really mind the episode being slow, considering that the first episodes of the season were really fast-paced. And it's not like I wanted people to die. It just didn't feel like a mid-season finale. Here's the thing, like, I know literally it is, but it basically isn't. We have, what, two weeks off? It's not, yeah. like, an actual mid-season finale. And and they got screwed up by the fact that they only had Lexa for seven episodes. So, like, basically last week, in my opinion, was the mid-season finale where they just... And they were going to kill people back-to-back. Like, I don't think it would have... It would have been bad to kill somebody in this episode. So, I'm giving them a pass. I still like the episode. Yeah, me too. Uh, I'm I'm fine with them not having actually killed someone because there was enough tension of like who was going to get punished if someone was going to die, and with Kane being sentenced to death, like yeah. this this was enough for me. And if if we had had like a month or two off in between, then I'd agree with you. But like I don't like functionally, what does it matter? Really? Yeah, two two weeks is really not that yeah. big of a deal. I don't really consider it a huge midseason finale yeah. issue, and it's just enough to keep me on the edge of my seat and excited, where without feeling overwhelmed by not getting new episodes for a couple weeks. For sure. All right, so the ugly Lincoln, Kane, and Sinclair. The promo showed a clip of them three arrested, and one or two of them are gonna die. Whatever's going to happen next won't be pretty, and it will definitely be heartbreaking. P.S. Love your podcast. Keep up the good work. Just kill Sinclair, please. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, I like Sinclair, but you can't kill Lincoln or uh Kane. No, don't don't kill Lincoln or Kane. But I don't Sinclair doesn't deserve it either. That's well, me. I mean, I don't want him to die. I love him and he's hilarious. But if you're going to kill somebody, I mean, I guess this is, this could be the point where they kill Lincoln. I hope not. He he, this would be a really bad point to kill Lincoln. In he my really opinion. hasn't had enough this season yeah. for them to kill him. Because they, they were building him up for me a lot at the beginning. Where I was like, I really like him now. And so, like, if he just got killed by Pike, it would, like, suck. Like, he needs to, like, have more scenes. So, mm -hmm. hopefully that happens. If they kill Kane, God, like... God help them. <laughs> I mean, that will suck. Like, I love Kane, but, like, maybe it's time. Like, of all the characters, you could kill him. I, I, I'd hope not, but... No. Yeah. I hope so, too. Yeah. Or I hope not, too. <laughs> I hope they don't kill him. <laughs> I It'll be interesting to see if they find a way to worm out of this, though. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. So I'll read the next two the next emails one? because uh, this one is really short. So this one is just say, from Emma. And it just says, I love this episode so much. I'm so happy with it. The Rebel King is back. So a lot of people were very happy with the Bellamy turn, understandably. Um, but I also understand where for a, a significant pe portion of people that it, it doesn't, it's not totally earned yet, but for me it worked. So, I mean, for me, it worked enough to know that he is 
leaving the side of Pike. Yeah. yeah. Like that to me works, even if I don't know if this will make me like win him back over for me as a yeah. person in general. Yeah. All right. Shall I read the next email? Yes. All right. From Carly, we have, uh, I am in physical pain while watching this episode. It's incredibly stressful, and I spent the majority of it white knuckling. But then, a light in the darkness. Bellamy. Oh, thank God. I really didn't want him to go to the deep villain route. I like him to face conflict and be complex. 100% yes. But Pike is fucking bad news. <laughs> bad news bears. And I personally don't want Bellamy to go in that particular heinous direction. Looking forward to hearing both of your thoughts next round. Next next round. Okay. I was gonna. For some reason, I thought it said next month, but it said next round. Probably uh, in the next round of episodes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. Uh, thoughts on that before we get into our Pokemon discussion? <laughs> Pike is bad news bears. <laughs> I like that. He yep. is all alone. Plural bears. <laughs> Hannah is also a bear. Everyone's a bear. I'm Russian. <laughs> Everyone's a bear. Anyway. Um. No, I'm I'm kind of just getting a little loopy, especially in anticipation of the next section. Well, oh, actually, wait, Dan, didn't you say that we got a thing yes. on uh, Tumblr? Yeah, I totally forgot. So I'm going to pull that up. Tumble City. Um, all right. We're so again, both getting loopy at this stage of the podcast. <laughs> then if you want to send a uh, question on Tumblr, that's the100-podcast.tumblr.com. And you can be like this person. I'm going to spell out their name because I don't know how to pronounce it. F-O-G-H, that, that's me. So One that. Yes. F-O-G-H, that's me. Yes. Okay. So they say, I think it has been a really well done parallel between Bellamy and Raven's arc this season. Both were in pain, one physically, the other psychological. They were both singled out by ominous entities that preyed upon their emotional turmoil. They both got sucked in and recruited, um, and then they recruited others to their cause. They both listened to reason uh, when questioning things. They both found out the extent of their the extent their entity would go to and woke up. They both did it on their own accord and are now fighting back. I thought that was really interesting. I had not thought about that at all, but it, there is significant parallels there. I will say I don't feel like Raven went off the deep end in the same way. But uh, functionally, I, I get where you're coming from. Uh, yeah, I never would have thought to really compare them, yeah. especially since they don't spend a lot of time together Yeah. on the screen. Yeah. But it's an interesting thing that now I am going to keep in mind as I continue watching. For sure. I think I thought it was, I thought it was definitely cool. And, and the idea of, I do think that you're really, and I don't know how much it's working for most people, but I do think that you're really supposed to feel like Bellamy has been taken in by Pike and that he was in this emotionally turmoil place and he was a strong, you know, person who really influenced him. Uh, I don't know if that is enough for most people. It seems like it isn't, but mm -hmm. that is their intent, I think. Yeah. I mean, it's it's personally not enough for me, but I know that that's what they're yeah. going for. And that's a bit better than the alternative of him just like at least knowing that is enough to get me to not fully be yeah. miserable with his character yeah i mean to me i i've been trying to just like let this go because it's just like this is what it is but w if i do try to explain it to me in my head it's just he's just literally been broken by 
enormous things happening to him over and over again, having to do heinous things over and over again. Right. And he literally just snapped and lost sight of what was right and what was wrong. And yeah. But the, the problem with that is that if you snap to that degree, are you allowed to come back? And is it believable that you come back? You know, I, I don't know. It's because... Well, it's th- there's a difference of what it's in a fiction yeah. versus in reality. Yeah. Um, but definitely it's like, and then Bra- Raven also broke. But for her, it was more depression and yeah. denial and cutting herself off from people and versus Bellamy. So that is a very strong comparison. And the thing is, for me with Bellamy, is I do... As much as I get where people are coming from, I have trouble totally condemning or judging him because I can't even fathom. Like, so he lost like what thirty people throughout those first season. People he cared about that he was protecting. Then he like got betrayed and he had to kill all these children and like people who were he protected him and saved his life and like I can't put my head in that space at all. He killed like hundreds of people that cared about him and that like protected him that he cared about and it's like i and then and then he lost his girlfriend yeah because of because he trusted someone he shouldn't have trusted so it's like i can't even remotely put myself in that brain space did he make bad decisions sure but like i don't know grief does crazy shit like yes, it, really it does. does so it really does yeah yeah no these are definitely good points yeah. that's why i'm not like just fully condemning or saying that he is irredeemable yeah. in any way it's yeah. just I'm I'm curious as to what they're gonna do and if they're gonna pick up the slack in parts of his characterization. I mean, in real life, I think what I would probably say is he mentally broke and probably needs to be put in jail for the rest of his life just for the safety of others. But he's not evil. That's uh-uh. not really how jail works. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, like for which part <laughs> do you want to put him in jail? Or massacring three hundred people? Oh, oh, geez. I wasn't even thinking about this season. I thought you meant, yeah. like, way before what this no, season no, was. No. Yeah, no, I'm saying is, like, yeah. at this point, even if he wants to do good, like, he probably should just be locked up, but but, but isn't evil. He just broke. Uh, and, like, somewhat understandably, it's debatable. Yeah. But, like, this is I, also a crazy yeah. world where crazy shit happens. Yeah, I was, like, at one point, I was more familiar off the top of my head with what the list of war crimes were. Yeah. <laughs> and now I'm wondering, like, how much of what they did massacring, if not a war crime, it was at least like a mass atrocity of attacking an army. In some ways, I also think it's kind of interesting. Like, so like, obviously, in real life, there's a lot of things in which people who do war crimes or do awful things are given immunity and just keep on living after having done that. And in some ways, I think it would be interesting to watch that character and how they are affected by that, especially if they actually have a conscience about it. And so it's like, it could be the kind of thing like the like with Emerson, like you uh, may you live forever, and him just going on for the rest of his life, knowing what he did, and, and beginning to understand that why it was not right. And but the problem that so it's so like I think that's an interesting character walk. Is it a character that you should like though? That's the problem. Mm, good point. So that that's where it gets scary. Like yeah, but. that's definitely true. Yeah, and then that goes back to Game of Thrones comparisons too. Yeah, of like you can watch him, but. I don't think I can like them yeah, the same I, way ever yeah. again. Yeah. yeah. 
All right, so we're going to get into our Pokemon discussion. So if people don't remember or haven't listened to our previous episodes, we wanted to do a fun thing because I have been playing, well, both of us have been playing Pokemon Yellow in, in, in a celebration of the 20th anniversary of Pokemon. Woo. So we wanted to uh, compare Generation 1 Pokemon, the first 150. Um, 151, technically. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> Uh, to hundred characters and say which which main characters in the hundred c- correspond to these Pokemon. And so uh, before we get into our thoughts, we have from Carly, who we read the email earlier. Actually, do you mind reading this? Yeah, sure. So these are Carly's uh, Pokemon. Um, Carly says, most of these were instinct, though some are humorous and some were meant to be so. It was fun. It was a fun correlation to make. And once I got going, I couldn't stop. I'm curious to hear others. As for once you get going, can't stop. My list of comparisons is way longer than the ones we're reading here. (laughs) So if anyone's curious about my like fuller, more fleshed out list of hundred characters. Your fuller house. My, oh, shut up. I'm not watching that. Um, <laughs> my list. Feel free to tweet me at Olgi and I'll let you know. All right. So this is Carly's list. Um, she says Clark is Ninetales. Wanheda is Charizard. Bellamy. I, I liked that uh, separation there. Yeah, that me too. Funny. Absolutely. I didn't think to do that. I didn't go that far. <laughs> um, Bellamy is Pikachu slash Raichu. Or Bellsprout slash Weeping Bell slash Victory Bell because you know why. <laughs> yes, we do. Funny. Didn't even yes. think of that. Yes, we do know why. <laughs> it's because he lives in the grass, right, Dan? Obviously. Yes, of course. <laughs> uh, Jasper is Meowth, the Team Rocket edition. Interesting. I like that. Uh, <laughs> Indra is Primeape, and Octavia is Mankey. So these are just the, the few that I picked off of her list because her list was very long. But I thought these were all really fun. So thank you for that. Yeah, and I really like the fact that Indra is the Pokemon that is Octavia's evolution. Yep. I think and that... at one point I had that and then I changed it. <laughs> so now how do we want to do it for us? Do, do like, we want to say a character and then both of us will say our yes. Pokemon for it? Okay. Yes. So why don't you say the character and your Pokemon and then I'll say my Pokemon. All right. So I said Clark is Pikachu. And my reasoning here is that it's a small, cute, innocent Pokemon with lots of power within that nobody expects. So I said Nidorina, mm-hmm. which is also a very cute, seemingly small Pokemon. And it evolves a bit, but it's also a poison type. Like, it starts off cute, but it's actually pretty strong, and it gets stronger and stronger, and it'll poison the hell out of you. And I'm like, yep, that that's Clark. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> She did try to poison Nia, didn't she? Mm, she she's poisonous as in personage is poisonous, Her but adorable. Personage. For Bellamy, I picked Charmeleon. I didn't I don't feel like he's full Charizard yet, but maybe someday. Um, for me, I at this point I would say he's War Turtle. Mm-hmm. War Turtle. Um, before he was a Squirtle. Like Yeah. A little mischievous, strong, yeah. makes mistakes, you know, screws with people. I uh I totally can see that for sure. I think that's actually a really good one. Charmeleon, I want to add in also, is on the show, if you watch, he's like known for not really listening to what people say and yeah. his own thing. So that, I think that works too. Very much so. <laughs> for Octavia, I put Vulpex. And I don't even really know why. I just look at Vulpex and I'm like, Octavia, this is good. Hmm. I actually put Charmander slash Charmeleon. Hmm. For Octavia, so what you put for Bellamy, because when she's Charmander, she was that, like, not listening. 
yeah. to people when like for a season. And then once she got under Indra, she's like still feisty and ferocious and powerful, mm. but like not quite per you know not quite not, Charizard. Not quite Charizard, exactly. Yeah. Uh, for Lexa, I have EV. Or if, if I was gonna fudge the numbers and go into Gen two a little bit, I'd probably say Umbreon. Tisk but... tisk, Dan. <laughs> I actually also had an EV Lucian. I put Flareon. Hmm. Why did you pick a Fire type? Because I was like, she's so feisty and powerful and strong, hmm. and because she has the flame burning within her. Ah, oh, smart, smart, smart. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> for Raven, I put Butterfree. And I don't know, something about, like, I don't know, it just felt right, emotionally. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> For me, I put Pidgeotto. Nice. Before Pidgey, I mean, after Pidgey. Because yeah. um, Raven, but as a different bird. Yeah. It's funny <laughs> to me. Nice, nice. Yes. <laughs> I have I have Jaha as Kadabra. I, I have the evolution of Kadabra <laughs> Alakazam. Nice. I think definitely a psychic type for sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Not not drowsy. Definitely not Mr. Mime. Yeah, no. no God no. no. <laughs> God no. There there better be no Mr. Mimes on this show. Um I'm saying Jasper. So I'm talking about Jasper this season. For this season I have Ms. Haunter. Uh previous seasons I wouldn't have thought that as much, but this season I feel like it works. For me Jasper is Pikachu. Interesting. Yeah, like this is mostly for the previous seasons. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Not so much for this season. Like, I think he might be Pikachu again someday. Someday. But, yeah, just, like, <laughs> cute, strong, unexpected, what comes from him. Nice. I have Indra as Firo. Just feel, like, fierce and mighty and angry. I have Hitmonchan, which is the one that looks like it's wearing boxing gloves. Mm-hmm. I can see that, sure. Yeah. Uh, Kane, I have as a Dragonite. I feel like he's just like strong and nice, but also like there's there's power behind that like sweetness. Mm. I have Polyrath of like it seems like you can intimidate it, but it's powerful and yeah. we'll fight back. Good, good. Uh, Pike, I have as Golem. This felt solid and he'd be a rock type. I have Tentacruel. Because I wanted another water type to go off of Kane. Okay. And also, when he was a teacher, he was tentacool. But now that he's a dictator, he's tentacruel. <laughs> oh my god, that's great. I knew you'd like that joke. <laughs> that's really good. Uh, for Lincoln, we both have Bakoke. Yeah. Simple enough, a fighting guy, warrior guy. There we go. And for Monty, I have Bulbasaur. And I have... At this point, I have its evolution, Venusaur. I feel like he's too dopey to be Venusaur. No, I refuse. <laughs> I'm an idealist, Dan. Uh, definitely season one, he's Bulbasaur. But... Yes, I will agree that season one, even part season two, he's a Bulbasaur. You're also, a he's from Farm star. Station. Yep. I'm Bulbasaur? You're not at all Bulbasaur. I have no idea what you are. You You're... told me I was Meryl. Oh, but that's not Gen 1. So I know. But. We'll fudge it. I can't even remember. I think I've like picked like three or four different ones for you. Oh, I think at one point I, I settled on a Growlithe. Oh, yeah. I could see Yeah. That. No, that works. That works. Like, there's maybe a better one, but I'm okay with being Growlithe. For, from Gen 1, I think Growlithe works for you. Oh, well, well, I hope you all enjoyed our Pokemon Corner. I am and sorry I'm... that this episode is so long. I am not sorry because 
guys deserve the best. And you have now like two weeks to listen to this because honestly, I think we're going to take a break. I think we need a break, right? 100%. (laughs) Get it? Get it? (laughs) Right. I think our fight is over until the next episode of the show. And I hope you all enjoyed this edition of The 100 Podcast, a show about CW sci-fi series. I'm Dan, your mountain man. Today I was joined by Olga, my favorite mountain girl. Uh, Oh, I thought I was your favorite grounder. (laughs) Oh, I've been elevated to someone who's been murdered. That's nice. Yeah. So I I think I'm Emerson. You're Emerson? Okay, go away. You're a mountain man. Does this make me echo? Well, she's not a mountain girl. Oh, right. That's true. No, no, because of the grounder. Oh, okay. Sure, why not? All right. So (laughs) I don't want to be Emerson's, like, wife. All right. Thank you guys for listening. May we meet again. May we meet again.